There are four, four different mixtures which are prohibited. We have the general uh, heading called kilayim. We have kilei zra'im, that you cannot mix different seeds. There's an isur of kilei hakerem, something specific with wine and other grains, which has different halakhot from other seeds and things like that. There are certain khumras regarding that. The third category is kilei behemot, when you mix animals, either by breeding, uh, mixed breeding of animals, or when you are plowing your field with an ox and a donkey, for example. Then you said four. What were you referring to? So the, we mentioned three. The first is kilei zra'im, the seeds. You the mean all four relate to kilayim. All four of them are called kilayim. I understand. And the fourth <coughs> mixture, the fourth kilayim, is what we know as kilei begadim, or more correctly, shatnez. Shatnez is one of the types of kilayim which is prohibited. It is specific to clothing. So when it comes to the mixtures of clothing, of linen and wool, the Torah gives, we have a special name for it. It's not just general kilayim, it's called shatnez. Where did the word shatnez come from? It comes from the pasuk. The pasuk in Vayikra, in Kedoshim, Parashat Kedoshim, Yutet, Yutet, says as follows. Et chukotai <coughs> tishmoru, God my statutes, behem lotarbia kilayim, right? So that's talking about the animal mixtures. You cannot breathe them, you cannot plow your field with them. Sadcha lotizra kilayim, your field, you cannot have mixed seeds. That's the second category. And the clothing of kilayim, which is sha'atnez, you shall not place upon you. What does the word sha'atnez mean? We'll have to figure that out. But here we see that the Torah is calling the mixtures of clothing, specifically sha'atnez. The Torah repeats this prohibition. The Torah tells us in Dvarim, one cannot wear Sha'atnez. <coughs> what is Sha'atnez? Tsemer and Pishtim. Specifically wool and linen. Linen comes from the flax seed, as opposed to cotton, as opposed to something else. <coughs> Together, that would be a problem. So, question number one. What does the word sha'atnez mean? It says lotil bashatnez. It's a very strange word. Where, where did, what, what does that mean? We'll have to find, find that out in a moment. Second of all, why does the Torah repeat the prohibition? Once it tells me in Dvarim lotil bash, uses the verb lotil bash, do not wear. And in Kadoshim, in Vayikra, it says lo ya'ale, it shall not be placed upon you. It sounds like even if I have a a blanket over me, I'm not wearing it, even if I had a blanket over me, that would be a problem as well. So we have to find out what is the difference between why the Torah sometimes uses the verb Ya'ale, placed upon me, and sometimes uses the verb Lotilbash. You mean to say that when you lie down and have a cover, mm. there could be a problem. There could be a problem. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. It could be that a, a woolen blanket, for example, might be very problematic if there is linen thread in that woolen blanket, for example. Let's, let's see. It's going to become <coughs> clearer. Says, says Rashi, first of all, what is the reason for such a mitzvah? <coughs> Says Rashi, these are statutes, decrees of the king, and there's no reason for them. Why do we keep them? We keep them because the king said so. Right? Why do we keep mitzvot? Hashem said. That's a good enough reason. What are the ideas behind the mitzvah, says Rashi? We don't know. We don't know. The Midrash Tanchuma brings a very interesting explanation. And ties it with 
the first rivalry that we have, we're in the parashiot of rivalry between siblings. It started off with Cain and Hevel. Cain, what did he bring? He brought a korban, right, from the produce, the um, leftovers. What type of produce was it? Says the Midrash. Hevel <clears throat> He brought produce of the food, of the ground. That could be potato. What, what, what was it? Says the Midrash. It was the leftovers of what he was eating. And the Chachamim say it was the seeds of flax, i.e. that we turn into linen. Mm. And Hevel, he brought the wool of the sheep and the fats, etc. Therefore, says the Midrash, I do not want to mix and mingle the offering of the righteous together with the offering of the sinner. So the Midrash is trying to imply some type of maybe that is the reason behind it. So we've seen according to Rashi, this is a chok. We don't understand it. The Midrash ties us to the original chait of, of Cain and Hevel. Um, let's just go to the Rambam because there's so much to do. We'll just skip the Sefer Achinoch. You can read it uh, uh, later or in the summary. The Rambam writes, Lofshin Bismanahu Kenhu. Says the Rambam, this is how the priests of Abodazara used to wear. They used to wear linen and, 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 and uh, flax, uh, linen and wool together. And the Rambam uh, systematically has, uh, connects many, many Isurim in the Torah to the Isur of Abodazara. This is all connected to, we cannot be like Abodazara, we cannot follow their ways, Chukatagoyim. The Rambam connects many, many of the mitzvot that other Rishonim didn't. But the Rambam connects many of them. We saw it in regard to shaving. We saw it in regard to Pe'ot HaZakan, Pe'ot HaRosh, and many other mitzvot. Okay, that is, if I want to call it, different understandings of why there is an Isur Doraita of Shachnez. But now we need to understand what exactly is the Isur. We've seen... The Torah says explicitly, it's wool and linen, right? Linen comes from flax seeds. But what is the definition of the prohibition? So we know the materials, but how, how does that create a prohibition? Says the Mishnah in Kilayim. Ein isur mishum kilayim ela tavai arug shenemar lo tilbash sha'atnez. The prohibition of kilayim is only when it is spun and woven, as it says, lot yilbashatnez. Davar shehu, what does it mean? Shatnez, the word shatnez. It is an acronym for three words. Shua, tavai, and nuz. Shatnez, shua, tavai, venuz. What are those? Shua, Tavui, no, Tavui, 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 Ket, Vav, Vav, Yud, Tavui, and the third, Ket, Mem, no, no, Tet, Vav, Tet, Vav, Yud, Tavui, 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 yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a mixture of three words. Sha'atnez is a mixture of shua, tavui, and nuz. What, what are those? Each. What is each? Ah, that is the $64,000 question. What are those three words? It is a big argument between the Rishonim. We're going to explain the Shita of Rashi, and from there we'll see Rabbeinu Tam argues, etc. And this is the beginning. So, in order for it to be an Isur Doraita, it's not good enough that I have wool and linen in the same garment. 
They have to have gone through a process called Sha'atnez, Shua, Tabui, and Nuz. What are those three things? Explains Rashi. Shua, Lashon, Chalak. Shua means it's got to be smoothed. When they used to take the wool, <coughs> they shear the wool, even today, you shear the wool from the, the sheep, it's very knotted and dirty. It has to be combed. Shua is the combing process that they do on the wool. Okay? So that's Shua. The next process is Tavui. One minute. Tell me again Shua. What do you say about Shua? Shua is to comb. To comb. Comb the, the, uh, comb the, the wool to get it unknotted. Yeah. So that's stage number one. According to Rashi, you have to take the wool, which is, you take it off the sheep. When you shear it, it's like a clump of wool. And you then have to add the linen at that stage and comb the linen and the wool together. If you comb the wool separately and you comb the linen separately, you have not violated a Torah violation according to Rashi. So these three processes, we've explained the first one is combing, according to Rashi, have to be done together. Both the wool and the linen each stage. What's the next stage? Tavui. What's Tavui? They would spin it. You would take hairs of the, the wool and they would pull it against a spindle, something like that, and that would wind it together to form a thread. So that thread is called Tavui. That's the second stage. Again, according to Rashi, you have to take some flax or, or linen and some wool and do the threading together in order to violate the Torah violation. What is the third process? <coughs> the, the third process is Nuz. According to Rashi, Rashi understands that nose is to weave, weave the, the, um, the thread into the garment. So according to Rashi, it's almost impossible to have shatnez mido oraita because no uh, wool produ producer combs the wool together with the linen. They might at some later stage weave the wool and the linen together. But according to Rashi, that's not a Torah violation. That's going to be a rabbinic violation. We're still not out of the It's still a rabbinic violation, but it's not a Torah violation. Rabbeinu Tam argues. Rabbeinu Tam says that the processes don't have to be done together. I.e., you comb the wool separately, you comb the linen separately. You spin the wool separately, you spin the... As long as at the end you weave them together, you're in trouble. On a Torah violation. I.e. according to the Rabbeinu Tan, you went each one of these threads, the wool and the linen, went through the three processes, being combed, being spun, and being weaved, and now they're woven together, you're in trouble. That's argument number one that Rabbeinu Tan has. Argument number two that Rabbeinu Tan has is regarding the word nuz. We said nuz, according to Rashi, is to weave the, the threads together. Rabbeinu Tam understands that the word nuz means to be wound. Now, what, what, what does that mean? That means that there are different stages. I take a, a piece of wool, but it's not, yeah, I take a piece of hair, which is really wool in its rough state, I first comb it. Then I spin it into a thread. Then I twist it with other threads to get a thicker um, kind of string. And that wounding has to be done. It's, it's the third process that has to be done. And once you've got that thread and you sew it or weave it together with your linen or with your wool, you transgress a Torah violation. Why is that so important according to Rabbeinu Tam? That the third process is taking a thin uh, piece of linen or whatever it is and then wounding it with other uh, strings 
to make it thicker. Why is that important? Because most of the cloth, cloth production today does not have that process. So according to Rabbeinu, according to Rashi, it's very difficult to have an Isodoraita because we don't do the combing of the wool together with the linen. According to Rabbeinu Tam, it's, 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 it's not impossible. It's not impossible. There are times where it could be a Doraita, but it's highly unlikely because this um, uh, kind of wounding doesn't really take place. Where you do see it is, you see it on, on threads of tzitzit. Tzitzit, they, they've done, uh, they've taken a few strings and they've wound them together. Right? This, this string is, is wound together. But that, that's not the usual thread that we have in, when, in our clothing. So what does it come out? According to both Rashi and according to Rabbeinu Tam, according to Rashi, it's almost impossible. There's not going to be Shatner's Doraita. According to Rabbeinu Tam, there could be Shatner's Doraita, but it's unlikely. The Rambam seems to take a more Machmir approach. The Rambam gives a third explanation of these three processes of Shua, Tavui, and Noz. And many Achroinim have tried to understand what exactly the Rambam means. We're going to explain it according to uh, the Beit Yosef. And uh, he says as follows. This is Rambam in Hilchot Kilaim. Since there's connected the wool and the linen, some type of <coughs> uh, uh, permanent manner, uh, sorry, uh, some type of manner, this is kilayim from the Torah. Ketzad, how does that work? If you have wool and linen, that you comb them together, Vishawatan, and then you left them, place them, Vasamahen Levadin, and you make from them felt, that would be prohibited from the Doraita. According to the Rambam, we mentioned three processes combing, spinning, and winding according to uh, Rabbeinu Tam, or weaving according to Rafi. According to the Rambam, it's not that all three processes have to be done. You can either do Shua, or the other two. Now it does seem that the Rambam puts Tavui and Nuz in a separate category. So it's either Shua or the other two. The point is, is that according to the Rambam, I don't need all three to be done. And there is more, uh, it's a more problematic uh, possibility of getting to an Isodoraita of, of, um, of uh, 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 sharpness. How does the Shulchan Aruch Paskin? Paskin's like the Rambam. Says the Shulchan Aruch in Yoradea Siman Shin, Kevan Shenit Haber Atemim Apishtian Tzad Chibur Ba'olam, right? In any manner that it joins, Asur Mishum Kilaim Ketzad, Seme Opishtan Shetafan Zaimze, Veshaotam, Basame and Levadim. So you just comb them together and left them and made from it felt. Or you spun them together, and you wove them together. Or you sewed some type of woolen garment with linen. Even if you just connected them with silk or any other thing or hemp. Here, the Rambam's adding, I'm just adding a thread. I'm weaving a thread of wool into a linen garment, or a, a thread of linen into a woolen garment. Right? That sounds... And sounds like a store It sounds like a store So this is the challenge that... Uh, According to the Shulchan Aruch, he's taken the very stringent approach of the Rambam, which most of the Rishonim did not accept. Rashi was the most lenient, but Rabbeinu Tam was also quite lenient. None of them said that, you know, you just have to have the end result. You have to have gone through 
different processes. Says the Sifte Koin, the Shach. That the din of felt, if you just have one process, like the shit of the Rambam, it's only an isu the Rambam. So although the Shulchanar paskin like the Rambam, it's only an isur according to most poskim. Generally, the chashash today is of an isur the Rambam. Now, why is this so important? If the Hashash is an Isodor Abanan or an Isodor writer, the question is... Then you can be Mako. Right. The question is regarding a Safek. Regarding a Safek, and this is going to be a big issue of Kilaim, most of the times it's a Safek. We don't know whether the things have Kilaim, whether they don't have Kilaim. Do I have to check? At what point do I have to check? So these are one of these things that are going to be the defining factor is if I'm worried that the chashash is a chashash de oraita or a chashash de rabbanan. Mm-hmm. Another practical ramification is the Gemara brings one of the, the famous example of when a person is doing an isu de oraita that we put aside for a briot and you, know, you have to make sure you don't do an isu de oraita. What's the example that the Gemara gives? A person is walking in the shuk and he realizes that his garment is made of trapness. He has to remove it in the middle of the shuk. It's very embarrassing. He literally takes the shirt off his back. That's if it's an Isodoraita. If it's an Isodorabanan, so maybe you do You can wait till you get home before you start uh, uh, um, taking off your clothes. This became a big shyla regarding Uggs. Anyone, have you heard of the... What? Uggs are a very popular brand of shoe that are made from wool. Um, and the question was, going around in North America uh, a few months ago, and uh, I think uh, longer, is there a problem of sharpness regarding Uggs? There is. You'd have to take off your shoes in the middle of Manhattan and to walk barefoot. It's not very pleasant, Right? But uh, um, so that comes again. The question is, is this a chashash right or is this chashash Rabbanan? So as we've seen, most of the times, even if a, a thread is in the garment, it's not necessarily an isodoraita. Only according to the Ramba, right? But according to most Paschim, we don't Paschim like that. Okay, let's continue um, regarding the next said that there is a pro- go through all the all the processes it's still going to be an issue the rabbanan even according to rashi you put the two of time i'm basically going to skip um <coughs> together it has to be sewn together in a level that you have two stitches now there's a machloket between the shulchan aruch and the ramah does it also have to be tied Doctor, when you when you stitch someone, right? Lichora, it's it's not good enough just to stitch because you know when the person smiles, the stitches are going to come out. So how how do you how do you kind of you make a knot? You make a knot, right? So you, you, it's not good enough to do the stitches. According to the Shulchan Aruch, two stitches and you're already violating the prohibition of kilan. According to the Ramah, it's not good enough to have two stitches. You have and not. So what do you do? You take the two ends and you tie them together and only then do you violate the Torah, uh, rabbinic prohibition or Torah violation. It depends on what the thread was, what process it went through um, in order to violate the prohibition. And that's based, the Ramah is based on the Rosh. Right? The Ramah is based on the Rosh. Uh, the, the Shulchan Aruch is going according to Chachmei, uh, uh, the Rambam that you don't need to have this, that extra uh, stitch. Okay. Um, it says, uh, uh, the Chochmat Adam, I'm just saying this outside because already it's half past. The Chochmat Adam says that based on that, if I have a button, right, that is connecting a woolen and a, a linen garment, that wouldn't be a problem. Why? Because a button is not considered that they are woven together or, or stuck together in a manner that they can't be separated. A pattern is meant to be 
opened and closed. Right? The question became, what about a zipper? Right? So you have, you have um, I don't know, you, uh, one half of the shirt of the jacket is, uh, is this and that, and then you have a, a, a rich rack. pants. And pants that have, maybe you take off the right, back. you take off, right? Exactly. So let's say the, the bottom part is made out of wool and the top part is made out of leather, and you have a, a, a zip, a rich ratch that connects it to. Is that a problem or not? So, yeah, you have different uh, <coughs> opinions in the Akronim. Is that a problem? There are Makilim, but there are Machmirim regarding the zip. Now, here comes the Khumrah that, that people don't know about. What about wearing, I've got a linen shirt, okay? Can I put on over my linen shirt a wool jersey? Is that a problem? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> this was a, a, an opinion brought down in the Yerushalmi. And the Yerushalmi says, basically, the Yerushalmi is very difficult to, to understand. Uh, uh, the different fashion I'm trying to explain it. You just read the... The flow of the, the Yerushalmi, it's very difficult to, to work out what's going on. So let's go to the Shulchan Aruch, which is basically giving an a, a explanation of his understanding. Right? Um, um, <coughs> the Shulchan Aruch doesn't pass like this Yerushalmi. In a moment, how the Raman is to the Yerushalmi. Says the Shulchan Aruch, there's no problem wearing a, a, a linen shirt and on top of that a woolen jersey. And even if you want to, you know, tie them together on some way, but it's, you know, it's a knot that's undone or whatever, it's not a problem. Even though you can't take one off without undoing the knot. Suppose in winter time. It's only wool and linen. Wool. And linen. So, as long as he has a sweater without wool. If he sweaters without wool, then there's no problem. But often what will happen is a person will be wearing a shirt, which is made of linen, and the uh, jacket or the, um, or the, the sweater is made of wool. And then the question is, is this a problem that, that I'm wearing two clothing? Yeah. Is it a problem? Says the Shulchan Aruch, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. As long as you don't stitch them together, you're wearing one on top of the other, it's not a problem at all. So it sound, sounds like, again, you said about a zipper. Yeah. Sometimes you have uh, like a jacket or something which has a lining. Which is a removable line. Yes, yes. So it sounds like that would be okay. As in if there's, let's say the jacket is made out of wool and the lining is made out of linen. Yes. And it's attached by a, a the zipper. The problem is, the question is, do I, do I view zipper mm. as stitches? That's the machloket achronim. Mm. Someone understand that a zipper is actually because similar to like, because stitching it's because it's going like that. Even though the zipper itself is not made of the material. Correct. But it's, we, we don't, it doesn't need to be made of the material. Right, right, right. We saw that if you take a, a, a wool and linen, two garments, and you sew it together with silk, it's with still going to be a problem. Right. So, the, so the, even though the zip is of another material, that, that's, uh, that's not relevant. The, what, question what, is, the question is if it ties them together. That's oh, a, so, so this is a question. Some say it's more similar to a button, which we saw the Chochmah right. Adam was linear. Some say, listen, this, this, the, the way a zip works is very similar to, a, um, to, 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 to weaving, to stitching. And therefore, it's, it's more problematic. So the zipper, yesh mekilim, yesh machminim, if you want to go to the Yalkut Yosef, 
right? He says uh, explicitly, "Vu adin chibur al yedei rochsan or tiktak deino nechshav lechibur." So Rav Ovadia Yosef was Michael, the Omachmir, the Omachmir regarding uh, regarding Zippers. Here we're only talking about putting one on top of the other. Well, what happens if you have a linen garment and then a leather garment and then a wool garment? So we will see that in a moment. Says the Ramah, Yesh Omrim, the Asur Lilbosh Nei Batei Shokayim. Right? That it's a problem <coughs> to wear two pairs of socks. Echad Shel Pishtan, Vechad Shel Tzemer. One sock you put on is basically wool, and then the next sock is linen. Where did the Ramah get this from? This comes from the Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi basically said that there's no problem wearing one garment on top of the other garment as long as I can remove the bottom garment without having to remove the top garment. So if you can imagine, let's, let's imagine it like this. I'm wearing a shirt. I then put a jersey over my shirt. It is possible for me to remove my shirt without removing the jersey. It's difficult, but it's possible. Yeah? You know, you can all, all imagine how we can do that. Okay. If I'm wearing two pairs of socks, there is no way I can remove the first pair of sock without first removing the outer layer sock. And that's what the Yerushalmi was, that's the understanding of the Yerushalmi, and that's what the Ramai is basically passing. Again, how to understand this Yerushalmi is a matter of debate amongst the, the Akronim. I'm explaining the Yerushalmi according to the Ramai's understanding. And that's how he basically says, since you cannot remove the inner garment without removing the outer garment, it is considered as if they are joined. So all of a sudden, this is a very big khumra. We have to be careful that when you are um, when you're wearing clothing, right, that you're able to remove one and not the, without the other. If you cannot remove one before the other, it might be a problem, right? What is now? Rav Chaim Kanievsky, he says as follows: Don't wear two pairs of socks, one on top of the other, where one is wool and the other is linen. According to this, if you have shoes that are woven with linen, it would be a problem to wear woolen socks. Why? Because I can't take out my sock without taking off the shoe. Right? So you often, in Israel, you have these um, home slippers kind of thing. Um, and, and, and there, there could be a problem if you've got a woolen... Look, most people don't have woolen socks. But, but you can have socks. Right? And if you've got woolen socks, then you have to be careful what type of shoe you're wearing. Right? Because according to this, you definitely cannot remove your sock without taking off your shoe. And if you can't remove the one without the other... That would be a chibur according to the Ramah. So up until now, the Ramah has been pretty makel. Uh, regarding this issue, the Ramah is actually more machmir. Okay. Um, Do we know if linen is used currently in shoes? Most of the time it's not, but there <coughs> are, some, um, are some slippers that do. Slippers? Not, yeah, like the... Not, the, not shoes. Uh, not shoes. The... Um, the the homemade um, uh, they're called nale bite or whatever mm. it is. So there, the more fancy ones apparently sometimes they have they have uh, linen and they could be. Now, let's just clarify what type of isra are we talking about? Mm. What is the chashash? The chashash is an isra de rabbanan lichora, right? Because this chibur. There's definitely they didn't go through the three processes of shua, tabui, and uh, and nuz. 
Right? So Lichora, we're talking about a chashash or safek de Rabbanan. Okay? That's uh, one reason to keep in the back of our minds whenever we have a shayla. Question number one, is the safek de right or is the safek de Rabbanan? Lichrova deot, the chashash can only be a safek de Rabbanan. And then the question is, what do we do with the safek de Rabbanan? When are we obligated still to check for it or not? So regarding that, um, Basically, the short, uh, the, what types of clothing? Amarava, honey, tsare, the pshite. You've got a little pouch to use coins. And then mishum kilain, the vizrani, right? But if you, um, if you, you have like a, a pouch to use seeds, which was softer, so that, yes, be mishum kilain, babashi amarechadze vechadze, and be mishum kilain. This is a very, def- very important definition. Says Rabashi, it's only a problem of kilayim if you use it to warm yourself. If you're not using it to warm yourself, then there's no isur, not on a Doraita level, maybe not even on a Rabbanan level. Why is this important? For example, a person walking on a carpet. Is there a problem of, uh, is there a problem of um, kilayim? Carpets might have kilayim. So if you say that, you know, you walk on a carpet to warm your feet, then it could be a problem. But then we have another issue. It says, Lotil Bash. It has to be Derech Levisha. So it might be Derech Himon, but it's not really Derech Levisha. But it still would be a problem. Because some carpets, when you, what's Derek Levisha? Derek Levisha doesn't necessarily mean that I have to take the garment and put it in my right arm, my left sleeve. No. Derek Levisha means I wrap something around me. If I wrap something around me, that's already Derek Levisha. Which means that if I've got a blanket, it could be an Isodoraita. If I'm using a blanket, and I'm definitely using a blanket to warm myself, that, would necessarily, that could be a suffix. Doraita. What about walking on a carpet? So where's the derech levisha? The answer is, it depends on the carpet. You can have these like, uh, you know, fancy, fancy Persian carpets that you put your foot in and, and it kind of uh, sinks into the carpet to the point where, we'll, we'll, we'll see now, the Gemara talks about she yachol lichroch chut on your, on your, that uh, uh, possible a thread can wrap itself around your foot. That could be a problem. So, generally, one can be made with carpets. Yesh um, Poskim uh, that discusses Rav Blau wrote a sefer, Big Day Yesha, where he discusses all the halachot of, uh, of <coughs> um, Shachnes. And there he's got uh, all the different opinions and, and how to, how, what carpets you have to worry about, what carpets you don't have to. Uh, in general, he wrote uh, Rav Blau, the author of the Pitre Choshe, and so he does everything very thoroughly and, and uh, amazing work. Um, okay. <coughs> now there is sharpness for non-clothing items. So let, let's discuss, we, we've seen that Lichora, it has to be Derech Levisha. So what about something that is not clothing? Um, towels or other things like that. Is that a problem? So it says the Tosefta. Mit pachot yadayim. Hand towels. Mit pachot svarim. Right? The Torah covers for the Torah scrolls. Ein uh, mishum kilayim. Rabbi Yezer oser diber Rabbi Mer. And Rabbi Yezer is machmir. Rabbi Yudomer, Rabbi Yezer matir. Rabbi Eliezer is the maple, and who are the machmirim? Chachamim, which means that who are we going to paskanak? We always paskanak chachamim. So if we're going to explain according to Rabbi Yehuda, it comes out we have to be machmir even for towels, that they cannot have sharpness. And that's how the Ramah says. V'chein asur la'asot mitpachat she'porsim ala shulchan she'ochlim alav. You cannot even have a tablecloth. Why? 
מכליים, מפני שלפעמים מקנח בהם ידיו ומתחמם בהם. So what's the problem over here? You're going to wipe your hands on the tablecloth and you're going to use it to warm your hands. Now one could argue that today most people don't use the tablecloth to, as, a, as a towel and to, to warm their hands. So maybe this Khumrah would not apply and that's generally how the, uh, uh, the, the Yalkut Yosef uh, says, if you just look at source 28, uh, the last four lines. Why? So that's a, a separate reason. He says, uh, it's not it's not common to have these and therefore we don't have to worry about it so it used to be but he says today it's not so common let me let me uh, just I'm just trying to work out how much to the case of, of, of sitting on things okay we'll, we'll do this uh, outside because I want to get to the obligation to check for sharpness because that's very very important sitting on a chair is that a problem of shakness? So we said, Lichora, that it has to be derech levisha. Right? It has to be something that you can wear. So the Gemara says, in principle, it's not a problem. Definitely not a problem the Oraita, but it could be a problem the Rabbanan. Why is it a problem the Rabbanan? Says the Gemara in Yuma, it says the Gemara in Yuma, um, it says, Lo ya'ale alecha. Right? You shall not place it upon you. Right? But you can sit on it. That's what the Pasuk says. Came along the sages and said, We worry that when you sit down, a thread will wrap around your leg. And once a thread wraps around your leg, game over. Then you have violated Kilayim. Right? What happens if I've got something separating them between me and the thread? So let's say I've got a sheet over the chair. So you've got a sheet over the chair. What would be the din? So answers the Gemara. What happens if I've got a sheet over the chair? So answers the Gemara. Right? You've got ten mattresses. One on top of the other, and Kilaim is at the bottom, Asur Lishan Alehen. You cannot, this is the Jewish um, version of the, of the princess and the bee, that even if there are 10 mattresses, you cannot lie on the top. So what do you see from here? What's the reason? We said the Chashash is that it's going to wrap around you. So here there's obviously no Chashash. So, the Gemara, so, so why does the Gemara say? So one answer is, look, look. Look, look. And that seems to be um, um, how the Shulchan Aruch paskins. However, even the Shulchan Aruch is going to make some leniencies. And that's based on another Gemara that we, we didn't bring. But basically, there's a stereo between the different Gemaras. And it's a very long, complicated Shulchan Aruch. But basically, there are four conditions in order for it to be permitted to sit on a Kilayim chair, a Shachnas chair. Number one, it has to be hard. Okay, it has to be a... Number two, it can't be filled with something, right? These, these chairs are filled with some type of cushioning, right? Number three, it has to be placed on a hard surface. And number four, it's not my pen... My, my body is not in direct contact with the chair. I've got pants separating me. That, the, the, based on that, a mattress. Does one have to check one's mattresses? So the Minchat Yitzchak says, maybe one should be machmer. Yesh makom lakel, but one should be machmer. Why? The Mishnah Alachot says no. The Mishnah Alachot says one can definitely be lenient because there's, it's, it's hard. The, the threads, there's no way of them wrapping around your, let's say they fill the, um, the mattress with wool and linen. Right? There's no way of them, of them uh, the, the, the thread coming and, and wrapping yourself. Furthermore, we cover the mattress with a sheet. Right. So for all of these reasons, 
the mission, the uh, the uh, yeah. uh, so for all of these reasons, the Mishneh Alachot says you don't need to check your mattresses. Okay, now when do we have to check? And we'll end off with this topic. And this is a, a uh, the the Gemara, the, the Mishnah says there's certain things habarsin, habardasin, minalot apinun lo yilbash ad sheivdok. You're not allowed to wear them until you check. What so so there's certain things the Gemara the, the Mishnah talks about certain things that you're not allowed to wear until you check and other things you can. What is the rule? When do I have to check before I can wear something, and when don't I have to check before I wear something? We we will discuss this more when we get into the next volume, which is the volume of Kashrut, but it is based on a principle called Miut Hamatsu. What's Miut Hamatsu? Miut Hamatsu means that it doesn't have to be even the majority of clothing, let's say suits, right? Obviously, if the majority of suits have sharpness, then you can't wear it until you check and check that your, your suit is okay. But if it's a minority, so according to general halakha, minority is battle barov, so I don't have to worry about it. I can assume that Majority of suits don't have sharpness, so I don't have to check a suit. Come along the Chachamim and say, no, if there's a miut hamatsu, if there is a, it's a minority, but it is a, it is a frequent minority, significant. a significant minority, it has to be checked. Now, what's the definition of a significant minority? So this is a massive debate amongst the poskim. The famous shita is, there are two famous shitot. One shita, which is almost not accepted by anyone, is the shita of the rivash. The rivash holds that it has to be karov lemechza. Means that, okay, it's a minority, but we're not talking about 10%. We're talking about close to 50%. It's a 47%. It's a 45%. You know, close to... That's when you have a chiyuv to check. Most poskim go with the opinion of the Mishkanot Yaakov. The Mishkanot Yaakov, who was a, a Talmud of the one of the first uh, machzor of the yeshiva in Belozhen, Mishkanot Yaakov was the first Talmudin of Rav Chaim of, Lebo, of Belozhen. So the Mishkanot Yaakov says ten percent. Now, the fact that I said that in the name of, of the Mishkanot Yaakov, many people would stone me. I say, I'm misreading the Mishkanot Yaakov. That's not what he says. In it, he brings a long tshuva, and in the tshuva, he, he mentions this idea of 10%. But many, including Rav Oshavai, said he didn't mean 10%. That was just an example. It can even, it can even be less. Mm. But many poskim, Rav Shlomozal and Arbach, basically go with the standard of 10%. If 10% of suits have sharpness, you cannot wear your suit until you check. Most clothing, not 10% of the clothing, have a problem of sharpness, mm. right? And therefore, you don't have to worry about it because you only have to check when there is a miltamatsu. If you're going by the 10% rule, 10% only uh, suits, there might be a problem, but anything else pretty much... Um, you have to look into it more, but pretty much it would be okay. What about, that's the opinion of Mishka not Yaakov, but Rav Vosna and other opinions, Rav Yashiv said, no, Miltamatsui, according to Rav Yashiv, it's even 4%. 4%. Mm. So four, and by the way, this isn't a din only in Hilchot uh, Kilayim and Shachnas. This is a din in checking your vegetables, this is a din in Many halachot, what is a miyotamatsoi that obligates me to check? So this is a huge discussion amongst the poskim, uh, which we're not going to get into, but, but basically you could go like this. Now comes the question of the Uggs. The Uggs are these uh, very popular brand of shoes, and they found in a certain amount of Uggs, someone took them to the, the Shachner's... Uh, um, and they found that there was uh, threads of linen. So now, does this mean that every person has to go and check their eggs? Hmm. 
So the question is, okay, first of all, not all Uggs are made in one factory. They're made all over the place and there are hundreds of different types of Uggs. And they found it in, the, in, in a few pairs. But of those few pairs, does that turn it into a Miyotamatsu? So I don't know the facts. There's a bit of a, uh, um, you'll have different opinions. I know the Rabbeim of Yeshiva University, uh, as far as I know, hold that it's not a Miyotamatsu, as opposed to in Lakewood, they hold it is, has to be checked. Uh, Yeshiva University hold it's not a Miyotamatsu, uh, Sam Rabbeim. And therefore, the say that the fact that some pair of ag was found with, with sharpness doesn't mean that all of a sudden now we have to check every, just like, you know, one banana is found with a worm, doesn't mean we have to go check all our bananas for worms. Tell me, there's such a thing as water socks. Apparently they are. Apparently they are. I've never seen them, but apparently they are. Is that a problem? It could be a problem because if you put a woolen sock, right, and then it's uh, used for hiking. It's used for hiking. hiking. Mm -hmm. ah, so people that go on hikes use woolen socks, and then if you have a shoe that is made with, I don't think shoes are made with linen, but maybe I don't know. Mm, uh, said it didn't have to be the whole shoes made of linen, right? Even just the, the, the yeah. The, it could, so it could be a problem. So woolen socks and woolen underpants, right? Problem. No, they're not. They're only a problem if you wear them with, with uh, linen pants, over your uh, oh. over over underpants. Mm. Yeah, if you wear woolen underpants with linen trousers, that would be a problem because you you can't get to the underpants without taking off the trousers, right? Um, and that, that according to the Ramah, that would be a problem. Um, but then we have to take a step back. You have to, the question is whether you have to worry about this mixture or not. And Lichara, we're talking about a Suffolk de Rabbanan. So in most cases of shakhnas, unless a garment is known to have uh, shakhnas, you don't have to check. There is a list here uh, in the book where, well, I think it was taken from Star K, I'm not sure. Personally, it looks very machmir um, regarding it. But it goes through different... Uh, um, different clothes and what is the considered uh, is there a problem or not and that would be based on how you define a meal tamatsu right because the person who's going according to Mishkanot Yaakov will be have a different sack as opposed to a person who's going according to Rabbi Yashif who says four percent is the uh, is the bar so that is another machloket okay we will have uh, ended we've just finished concluded volume three and Bezrat Hashem next week will be starting volume 4. Um, <coughs> next week on Wednesday I'll be in London. So uh, if uh, I'll have the shear on, on Tuesday. I don't know if that... Uh, I'll be in New Jersey. Okay.